Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Everybody, it's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned into episode 96 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. And I have a special co-host riding shotgun with me. I have the lovely So Sassy. You guys remember her from the uh, Women's Day episode that I did a few months back. And I would like to welcome So Sassy to the show. How are you doing? Awesome! It is good to be back. Thank you for having me on. And uh, this is going to be a fun episode, so yeah, let's let's do this. Yeah, we got some very interesting topics. Um, you have your blog popping off, and you're going to do your own podcast. I am. So yeah. I am recording at the end of this month. Um, we're going to start the podcast, Be Sassy. Um, it's going to, I don't know what it's going to be about yet, but it's going to be great. Um, we're going to record at the end of the month, mm-hmm. launching into the first weeks of October, um, my co-host is coming down from Minneapolis to get in on the um, on the recording, so it's going to be exciting. In the meantime, you can go to my blog, Burnt Out Bay blog at WorldPress.com. Um, actually, that's I'm telling lies. Hold on, okay, let me pull good. up the this real blog. Pull it up. Let's pull it up. And you know, I'll definitely you know stop in and drop some problematic jewels if you need me to. Always, <laughs> always ever so slightly problematic. I yeah. feel like it just keeps it, keeps it, you know, the season going. Yeah. But it's burntoutbabeblog.wordpress.com. Um, you can go on there and see the stories. And really, I'm just blogging about my life, being black, being a mom, raising my son by myself, and just putting my voice out there. Um, for the experience that I have, so definitely looking forward to the podcast launching. Thank you, A Double, for Absolutely. being supportive of that over the years. Yeah, or years, months. Yeah, months. <laughs> perhaps like weeks. Yeah. Perhaps weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, of just you know encouraging um, myself and other um, bloggers and podcasters to get out there and put their voice out. So yeah, definitely Absolutely. thank you for the support. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, for my listeners, um, if you didn't catch the uh, website, I will definitely have it in the show notes so you'll be able to click on it and check it out. And uh, just keep on reading and please support this system. So we're going to get started on this good old Summer Jam screen. Um, I really wanted to talk about this issue with you being a black woman. Uh, this whole Jamel Hill thing. So we learned that um, actually, you know, we've seen... After what she tweeted about Trump being a white supremacist, and there was no lie. I didn't see any lies in there. No lies were told. Yeah, none none at all. And to everyone's surprise, her and Michael Smith, they were on The Six, which is the flagship show of ESPN Sports Center, right? So we learned uh, via uh, thinkprogress.org that ESPN actually tried to replace her with two other black (laughs) uh, broadcasters. So just let me know your thoughts first on what she tweeted and then 
you know, about them ESPN trying to replace it because I feel like with them feeding into this whole uh, pressure from the White House or whatever, that they're essentially, you know, it's another form of systemic racism. It's another systemic practice. Right. So I think the interesting thing is, is that I don't know if it's ever been confirmed Mm -hmm. if ESPN was going to take action. So I think they definitely are trying to clean this up behind the scenes. But, you know, it's her Twitter feed. So... Why is it that she can't have her opinion on the Twitter feed? She was yeah. out there as herself. Granted, she's a personality on ESPN. Uh-huh. But again, it, she didn't say anything other than her opinion on the president. And to which she has a right to do that. Um, as far as ESPN trying to replace her, you know, kudos to those men that that yeah. they reached out to. And uh-huh. I believe they were all black journalists yeah it was black journalists yep yeah they reached out to them to try and replace her and basically they were like no absolutely you know there's no reason for her to be taken off the air she even went back and clarified on twitter to say this is my personal opinion this is not coming um as a representative of espn and, and that was the beautiful thing about it because it wasn't an apology it was just yo i'm just sorry about the way that my employer reacted to it you know this was my personal opinion and to this day, she she hasn't deleted those tweets, and I appreciate her standing strong and her co-workers standing with her because Michael Smith wasn't going to go on because uh, there was an update on that Think Progress piece, mm-hmm. and uh, it was said that he wasn't going to go on at all if she wasn't there by his side, and I appreciate him for doing that. Right, and I think, you know, the idea that we always have to kind of fluff, well, we have to soften our opinion yeah, of what's going on out in the world um it's it's problematic because it stifles your voice obviously Mm -hmm. if you have an employer you're not going to try and make your employer look bad Mm -hmm. but you are at the end of the day a person she didn't do anything illegal Mm -hmm. you know she didn't do anything to upset the funders Mm -hmm. um it, it was really just Somebody in the White House was angry about the opinion. They didn't agree with it. Felt yep. like she, she should be fired. And, you know, that's a personal thing. That's personal. Mm-hmm. Nothing about that ESPN brand has been damaged any more than Shannon Sharp standing up and talking about his thoughts on Colin Kaepernick yeah. and him not being signed. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, at the end of the day, somebody felt as though she was an easy victim. Yeah. Probably because mm-hmm. she was black yep. and female yep. um, and they tried to come for her and thank goodness yeah. you know we talk about privilege there's some male privilege there yeah. on behalf of those black men especially in the industry of uh, sports journalism that they stood up and they were like no yeah. you know they used that privilege to stand behind her as an African American woman um, it, who's doing sports sports journalism so absolutely you know that was that was awesome to see and awesome to read about but no, I think she absolutely has a right to her opinion. It was her personal opinion. She mm-hmm. didn't say she didn't even say it on her show. Yeah. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Which is, yeah, personal Twitter. Yeah. Right. So I mean at the end of the day it gives kind of a it, it's it 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 is that double standard. Mm-hmm. Um because you can see you've seen other sports personalities, sports journalists give their opinion and, and nobody was calling for them to get fired. Absolutely. And I I think we all can learn from this situation. As far as, you know, her co-workers and then the um, National Association of Black Journalists standing with her, you know, coming mm-hmm. in to visit her and then giving her, 
you know, some advice and then actually tweeting out, we stand by her and what she said. Um, it's one of those things where when somebody speaks out and speaks the truth, especially against such a dangerous system that we're dealing with, racism, white supremacy, we shouldn't just leave them out there like, oh, that's just you. That's just you. Right. You know, we need to form like Voltron and be like, yo, I got your back. You, you, you know, you deal with one, you're going to have to deal with us all. So mm-hmm. hopefully this sets a precedent for people to just keep speaking the truth and uh, calling a spade a spade, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that collectiveness, you know, we're seeing yeah. that more and more in our community. And so hopefully that can keep going because at the end of the day, it's strong. And, you know, the last time we was on the show, we, what were we talking about? It was something along the lines of, um, a lot of people don't speak out because yeah. their their money, yeah, their, their, about inc- yeah, 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 yeah. their income is too tied into yeah. um, their into one employer, and so they can't say anything because they're worried about that. But I think that collectiveness of of having someone's back to say no, that she absolutely has a right to her opinion. Yeah, and that's um, and we have to remember the Constitution. You know, the right to free speech. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can say. Anything that you want under the sun, you know, some people try to hide behind it, like we've seen with the Unite the Right rally, just spewing hate and mm-hmm. things like that. And they start screaming, you know, free speech, free speech. What you have to remember is, you know, people also have the right to challenge that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you can't just throw a rock, throw a stone and hide your hand. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Try to hide behind the Constitution in those situations. But I just feel like with this whole ESPN thing, they just looking funny in the light. Because you have a show, I don't know if you if you or your little one has watched, you know, The Six, but it's so black. You know, with Michael Smith and Jamel, they got the whole Another World intro mm-hmm. going on. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's good to bring in ratings, but you can't stand behind your black flagship host when they're speaking right. the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, what part of blackness do you want? You know what I'm right. saying? Is this just a jig or what? Are you uh, going to appropriate your yeah. own race? Exactly. So, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much all we got to say about that. But you have some very great views on this whole situation. I appreciate that. All right. So, moving on to a different topic. We're going to talk about GOP Senator Tim Scott. So, Tim Scott is a uh, uh, Republican senator out of South Carolina, and he had a meeting with Trump. And he basically came out and said that you really can't compare Antifa to white supremacists. And this was uh, on the, you know, after the whole uh, Charlottesville thing and then Trump, President Trump, the Cheeto in chief coming out saying that, uh, you know, there's bad people on both sides, good people on both sides, which is just some straight up bullshit. So my question is to you is, uh, are we seeing a turn? Is the GOP party going to turn on President Trump? Do you think so or will they not relinquish power? That is such a great question. Um, Because I feel like right now they really don't care what President Trump does just as long as they keep controlling the House. mm -hmm. And uh, now they're introducing this toxic ass health care bill again. They're trying to push it through. Yeah. But as we've seen with the whole DACA thing and then um, what else with the Charlottesville thing Mm -hmm. is you had some GOP uh, members come out and say that with white supremacists and all this other bullshit, but I feel like that they they don't want to give up power at all in the House. But this might be a ray of hope right here with Tim Scott, maybe. Yeah, ray of hope is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> a speckle of yeah, <laughs> of promise. Um, so you know, I there was always you know back when uh, Trump was running. <clears throat> 
Cheeto and Chief, I think yeah. is the word. Yeah, um, yeah, Cheeto yeah. and Chief, yeah. back when he was running, you know, there were there was a lot of speculation that basically the GOP was like, if he's gonna get us in the office mm. and keep us in control, let's just roll with him for as long as we can. And then once he he's in there and he really messes up, we'll dump him because you know we've got the VP that, yeah. that really could do the job. Yeah, yeah, Pence is like. Stereotypical right winger, you know, yeah. calls his wife mother, uh, you know, doesn't like gays, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he he really knows how to move like a staunch Bible thumping Republican, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I don't know if they're gonna turn on him. You know, at the end of the day, I feel like they're using him mm-hmm. um, to just continue to get what they want. I mean, he still is able to. I just I'm torn with it because yeah. I think you know I, I really don't want Pence mm-hmm. in office mm-hmm. um, but at the same time it's like how I mean what else does Trump have to do before someone's like okay enough is enough yeah you know um, mm-hmm. even now where he's sitting down and he's having those meetings with Democrats over DACA and, mm-hmm. and different things that you know that shows I don't, I don't know it goes back and forth because that's like a glimmer of hope where he's yeah. like we're going to try and find something but at the same time like if you go through some of the things that have been written about what he's hoping to propose or what he's hoping to see it still doesn't look very favorable Yeah. Um, so I don't know I just feel like you know there are certain things you have to speak on you have to be authentic about and so I think this particular senator Scott um, did that and that's the mm-hmm. truth is that you know white supremacy is is something that's completely different than the anti-fascist. Now, exactly, they look alike. They do. They, they do. look real similar. They, do. they um, do. You know, and so, but at the same time, they're. I don't know because in in the article it read that some of the actions of anti-fascists is actually um, flaming some mm-hmm. of the support for white supremacists yeah um that you know when an anti-fascist is equally violent towards a white supremacist member Mm -hmm. um that that white supremacist member then is able to get some type of compassion um, compassion some gofundmes of some sort um and so you know the question was you know is it counterproductive Mm -hmm. to what it's you know, trying to be accomplished. I, I don't think it's counterproductive. I mean, you punch a Nazi in his face, he's going to think twice about being a Nazi. You know what I'm saying? True. Because it, it's so so many times we see this, we need to take the high road. Uh, we need to hear their part. We need to hear their voice. But all they're saying is they blatantly came out and said that Jews will not replace us. They came out here saying the F-bomb, you know, the slur for gays. Mm-hmm. And you know how they already feel about black folks. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, sometimes you have to fight fire with fire. You're going to catch these hands because you out here with tiki torches, y'all armed, and y'all out here trying to hide behind, you know, the Second Amendment and the First Amendment. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you just got to punch a motherfucker in his face. Right. You do. You do. You know, because right. uh, I, I feel like... You look at the haircuts of a lot of those alt-rights, which are nothing but Nazis. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of those guys never got punched in the mouth before. Right. If, if you ever got punched in your mouth before, and I have a couple times, <laughs> you you start, you realize it hurts. And let me rethink what I was saying. You right. know what I'm saying? If, if you If you get the hell beat out of you, you start looking at the world a little bit different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so one of the things that I will say that I've read up on in regards to the anti-fascists is that they... The, the tactic of going 
after people in regards to hope the people who hold this um, opinion, yeah. this white supremacist opinion, this uh-huh. white, you know, that white males, white women are above all that, that they're mm-hmm. going after them personally. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of saying, like, if you have this person in your city, mm-hmm. you know, not only are we going to protest, mm-hmm. but we're going to, you know, meet fire with fire. Yeah. And they're going after employers. Mm-hmm. You know, why are you hiring? Why are you employing this person? Yeah. And so I think it, it's, that tactic, I think, can be, it, it's been used. I've mm-hmm. even seen it on uh, on Facebook. Yeah. Um, Love Life of an Asian. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, Love Life of an Asian guy. Mm-hmm. He is one of the people who very much will go, if you come out in any way, shape, or form, if he gets a report, mm-hmm. a screenshot, mm-hmm. um, a recording of anything yes. to where you're being racist, uh-huh. he puts it on his page and people go for him. Yeah. And so I think, you know, to me, that's a harder hit when you're really hitting somebody in their pockets. Yeah. When you're really looking at the situation to say, hey, not only are you just wrong, mm-hmm. but your livelihood now yeah, is you in can't question. Pay your bills now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's violent. Yeah. It is violent. It's a violent system. It's it not is. just an opinion. Yeah. It goes down into all of your beliefs exactly. of how you treat people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's true. And then. You know, uh, the brother Sean King is out here doing God's work because he's basically, you know, any event that happened in Charlottesville, he's just they him and the brother Lee Merritt, the uh, attorney, they started up a fund, a reward fund to uh, identify a lot of those Nazis at the rallies. And they got uh, quite a bit of them uh, when the brother DeAndre, who got beat, I think they got a couple of those guys. And then there was a guy. skinhead who had a tattoo on the back of his head they identified him finally successfully and then the guy who fired the gun at the protesters they got him too up out the paint yeah so i you know i i i see where you're coming from as far as you know attacking someone's livelihood and uh that that slow death you know just kind of fuck with them mm-hmm. um but yeah, I say uh, you know your method works better than my theory of just punching them up. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you, you gotta know. have something to back it yeah, up. Yeah, but you know? I, I just feel like that's he gonna heal. Yeah, that's then, instant gratification. Yeah, though, you, know? <laughs> you know, but also you know, there's that strength of the pack. You know, when yeah. you're by yourself and yeah. your day to day life, yeah, you're a lot less likely, yeah, to say those hateful things yeah, because you, know, you don't have. Other yeah. people, and what's uh, funny, not to cut you off, is uh, there was an incident happened uh, back in the summer with Richard Spencer mm-hmm. when uh, when that white woman in the gym came up to him, that professor, and he went to a black woman who worked in the gym and was like, "Can you please get her away from me?" And all this, right? Can report. you help me? Yeah, can you help me? Could you? She is disrupting. <laughs> I need some milk. You know, my, yeah, <laughs> she's disrupting my workout. Yeah. Because um, she, cause she she was with the shits, and I wish there was video of it, but yeah, he went to a black staff member, a black female staff member, and it was like, hey, can you help me out? This woman's harassing me and things like that. So Right, and it's like, where's the strength of the pack? He didn't have exactly. it. He was in the gym yeah. by himself, exactly, and there was no one else around to back him up and be like, yes, you're right, white man. Exactly. You know, so... Yeah. It's, it's the strength of a pack And so I think singling those people out Like you got caught Yeah You know here's the consequences of, of your hate and your violence so. Absolutely absolutely Hit them where it hurts in the wallet 
and their livelihood. So um, let's move on. The Equal Justice Initiative is building a memorial uh, in Montgomery, Alabama for the victims of lynching. Um, and time. Yeah, yeah, it's a long time coming. Uh, what was it on the website of lynchinginamerica.egi.org? Was saying that it was um, what was it over three thousand or close to four thousand people have been lynched in terror during those uh, Jim Crow eras and uh, after uh, slavery, and nobody talks about it. Not at all. Yeah, which is crazy. You know, I think it kind of goes back into now as African Americans, mm-hmm. we don't talk about it because it hurts. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, that's that yeah. pain. Like, Absolutely. Those scenes, those pictures, that historical perspective of actually seeing. A black body hanging mm-hmm. from a tree. Yeah. You have spectators smiling, mm-hmm. enjoying themselves, mm-hmm. eating dinner, mm-hmm. bringing the kids. Yeah. That is painful for us. You know, I yeah, think absolutely. that goes back to, you know, re traumatizing us. Mm-hmm. However, it's when you, for white people, mm-hmm. I feel like it's avoided. Yeah. It's absolutely avoided absolutely. because I think it forces them to question themselves of, am I playing a part in this? Mm-hmm. Because that's your DNA. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Our DNA, unfortunately, we're struggling with the PTSD mm-hmm. of, of being um, descendants from slaves. Exactly. You need to struggle white person mm-hmm. with the PTSD of knowing that your ancestors had a hand in it. And then understanding what can you do to heal that. Yeah. Um, I think last time or at some point you and I talked about, you know, as African-Americans, how do we heal? Mm -hmm. I think that same question needs to be posed to non-persons of color, non-persons of color to say, gosh, have I played a part in this? Yeah. Have I stayed blind to it? So Mm -hmm. this this monument is so needed. It's so necessary um, that I, I can't wait for it to go up. Yeah, it, it, it's needed. Uh, this conversation needs to be had uh, with everyone. And I think um, what's so painful about this is uh, I remember watching, I think it was uh, Hidden Colors 2 and Dr. Joy DeGruy was talking about not only how those people in those pictures smiling and shit like that, they're, they're still alive. Mm-hmm. And at times, if they couldn't, uh, a lynching was like a whole uh, event, you know, like going to the movies or something right. like that. And if you had to work, you couldn't get the night off, people would be like, well, could you bring me an ear? Bring mm-hmm. me a finger, you know, or something like that, or a toe. And then um, many shops around town would actually have the hands and feet of somebody who was lynched mm-hmm. just sitting in the store window and it's like there's something deeper there besides hate like is this on the verge of like cannibalism or some weird shit like that you know yeah. what I'm saying it's just something very disgusting to want to hang an individual and dismember them to and, keep a momentum yeah and to keep a momentum you know I yeah. think that that goes along with the fact that we've been so dehumanized yeah. As a people. Absolutely. We're black people. Absolutely. We're stereotypes. Yeah. And it, that's not true. So yeah. when you take the humanity out of it, it's nothing more than an animal. It's nothing more than a slaughter. Yeah. And so Absolutely. I think seeing this memorial and hopefully to go along with that memorial, we have more people, more stories told mm-hmm. about the people who were lynched, mm-hmm. the family members who were affected by it. Yeah. Um, but I would also challenge them, and I don't know if they do it, if they're doing it, but I would also challenge them to find some people who are who who you can who are still alive mm-hmm. that were white 
yeah. that were a part of that yeah, to try and help shit. them understand what that meant, but also to get them to just really question it. It would be interesting to have that story, to have that narrative come out, mm-hmm. because I cannot believe that no one from that time has ever changed. I find that hard to yeah. believe. Yeah. You know, um, again, it's the strength of it's the strength of the pack when mm-hmm. there's. You know, a couple thousand people having a good old time. You think you're supposed to have a good old time. Yep, absolutely. But there's got to be something in you. At least we hope there's a spark of humanity that says, "Yeah, wait a minute, did I really just participate in this?" And so I would definitely feel like, and maybe that's my glimmer of hope is that mm-hmm. hopefully that narrative can come out um, from both sides because there's a whole story to it. How yeah. did you go so far to dehumanize a person to just see him as? An animal to slaughter, mm-hmm. and then what was the effects of that? Yeah, um, to really get that out because people need to understand that sometimes it's so hard to look at it and examine it. Mm-hmm. We see it and we just shut it off. Absolutely, absolutely. And we can't do that. Yeah, we can't. And I couldn't agree more with the words that you said. And so sticking on that, you know, the subject of you know healing and dealing with. Uh, White fragility, which we're about to get into. We're going to talk about Jagmeet Singh, which is a politician up in Canada, taking the high road when he was dealing with a heckler. Um, I know y'all haven't seen this. This has been shared so many times by uh, everybody on Facebook. Uh, we've seen this being shared and liked by white liberals all across the country. Um, so if you don't know, this was, there was a video of Jagmeet Singh, who's the politician up in Canada. He was having a rally or a little get together. And a uh, white woman who was part of an anti-Muslim group, I forgot the name of it. Uh, she basically started attacking him, even though he's not Muslim, he's a Sikh, S-I-K-H. Um, and so he was like, you know, there were some women who was about to get her up out the paint. Mm-hmm. And then Jag Meat steps in and he's just talking about, notice how we deal with it, love and courage and all this other shit. While she's still up here screaming at the top of her lungs at this man in his face and telling the women, telling the, uh, the other brown woman, don't put your hands on me. Uh, just, you know, you see the veins popping out of her neck looking like a rabid animal. And this, this brother is so calm. And my question is to you is in those in these situations do you feel like there is a stigma on us uh non-white people to kind of cater to the fragile ego of a lot of these white folks out here i don't know if there's a stigma on us Mm -hmm. more than we understand the repercussions of people who misunderstand what they see Mm -hmm. And so, so often we see these moments where a person of color is actually being victimized by a non-person of color. Mm -hmm. And immediately, that non-person of color somehow is able to turn on the victim role. And so I I don't know, I don't believe we're stigmatized. I don't feel like, well, maybe I'm saying it wrong. But I don't know, I don't believe we're stigmatized. I think we just understand the repercussions of Mm -hmm. what comes out of it. Mm -hmm. Especially if there's no witnesses yeah. around to be yeah. able to recount mm-hmm. you know what happened so yeah. for this politician you know first off um i did a lot of googling of Sikhs because mm-hmm. he was handsome i did not <laughs> say that he's handsome he's well dressed i was like maybe i need to date Sikhs. i don't know you know maybe this is the universe talking to me um 
but you know to be able to to sit in power peacefully mm-hmm. um, to allow somebody to be ignorant and to, to demonstrate how ignorant they are um, that's that's not something that's easy to do yeah. so I'm glad that he was able to just stay peaceful and be like you know what we're gonna shower you with love now mm-hmm. again it goes back to that collective that collectiveness because yeah. the entire group joined in yeah yeah they did um and so i i can definitely imagine that was part of you know it goes back to his beliefs of being peaceful and treating mm-hmm. every everybody and everything is a part of humanity and and treating them as such and so um he i think he did something powerful yeah. i don't think we're obligated to do it mm-hmm. um I think we definitely have to think of a different way. We want to fight fire with yeah, fire. Yeah. But depending on the setting, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to be smart enough to go about it in a different way. And so I think he did the right thing because um, he very well could have had somebody escort her out and yeah, been in the absolutely. right. You know, there was cameras rolling, but, yeah. you know, he made her look foolish. Yeah. To me, it's one of those situations where uh, it's it's a lot of bigots going to victim mode mm-hmm. uh, once uh, they're once. If they're their aggressor, and then the uh, the uh, the target of the aggression actually becomes even more aggressive with them. They go into victim mode. It's like I don't know if you've seen the video of the white women in uh, at that hotel down, yes. down in the Caribbean somewhere. Uh, what is her name? Yeah, I put it on my Facebook. I okay. was like, just Google her and yeah. have a great day. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, because the 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 older white lady was talking crazy about some black folks. It was her husband. Oh, it was her husband. Okay. Yeah, so she was married to a Jamaican man. Okay, okay. And the woman started saying racist things. Yeah. And then she puffed up. Yeah, and then she was like, don't put your hands, don't put your hands on my face, or don't put your hands on me. She this older bigot walked up and tried to choke her or something, and this woman put her down. Right. And then as soon as the cops came, all of a sudden she three months pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) She hit me. Yeah, she hit me first and all and it's all caught on video. Uh, so I think that's that's one thing that we do have to think about. Just like you said, uh, you have to think about the environment you're in. If there's witnesses, if there's cameras rolling, because if it's one on one, you know that your colored ass is going to be under the jail. Right. You know? And so for this particular white woman, yeah, she was like, "Well, hell, you forgot about my white privilege." Exactly. You know, yeah, and this so is white that, on white crime right here. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so not only can you just not be the only victim because mm-hmm. now it, we we both got our white privilege kind of working with. Exactly. You think it's going to work for you, but it's also <laughs> got to work in the favor for me somehow. Exactly. So you know, shout out to her, and she was able to vocalize that on Twitter. Too, to say yeah. you know what this is how you use your privilege yeah to make sure that people who are doing wrong are held responsible for the wrong that they're doing and to call it out Absolutely. when they see it because because of the color of your skin and this even goes for people who pass as white mm-hmm. you know we still have a lot of beautiful light-skinned black people mm-hmm. beautiful light-skinned persons of color which yeah. i think that kind of sounds like an oxymoron but you know there are people who pass as white yeah and how do you use that privilege to call things out so mm-hmm. homegirl did that um yeah and and i think it's something to think about absolutely it's definitely something to think about i wish i could remember her name yeah because y'all need to google this video yeah the uh the whole jack meat thing going back to it uh it reminds me i was listening to the hughley truth with yale hughley and he was talking to uh senator maxine waters uh anti-maxine mm. and he was talking and then but before he was talking to a guy who wrote a book about the obama years or something 
And uh, he was talking about how Trump is the direct effect of President Obama being in the White House and, you know, all these working class whites felt like they were cuckolded, all this other shit and things like that. And Dio said something very interesting to me and I never thought, said something very interesting, not to me, but just said something very interesting. He was talking about how President Obama, he, he couldn't have took the high road if he was President Obama, you know, and uh, he was saying a black man taking the high road, you know, he, he can't get anywhere unless he's bringing somebody with him, if he's bringing the people with him. But, you know, while he's up there, he's just a nigga shitting on your head. That's it. And uh, that's he said that's how he felt why so many white folks vote, turned out to vote for Trump. Because this uppity-ass Negro in the White House, and, you know, he wouldn't stoop to anybody's level. And they were talking about when... Uh, he was doing a speech and uh, somebody uh, yelled out, you lied, like one of the members of Congress yelled mm -hmm. that out to him and he was just saying how Obama just had so much poise and dignity and the writer of the book was saying, well, he was the first black president, so you have to, you know, you have to be essentially perfect being the first of anything. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I couldn't imagine the pressure, you know, that President Obama felt because I... I'd be ready to fuck somebody up. Just the, the blatant disrespect, and then seeing this video of Jagmeet being disrespected like that, and it's just like, like, who are you to disrespect me like this? And I haven't done anything to you. It's right. just the color of my skin and how I look is a threat to you. Like, mm -hmm. really? So. And I think that goes back to again, like power. How yeah. do you use that power? Yeah. And so I think the thing, the thing that I love, 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 love. I miss you, President Obama. Where you are. <laughs> Michelle, Sasha, Malaya, y'all come, you know, just walk past the White House. Just pretend like y'all still live there because we miss you. Um, but that power that he had, he mm -hmm. understood that he did have power. And yeah. how does he need to use it? Yeah. Um, whereas you have Trump who's drunk yeah. with power. Or yeah. you get other politicians who are drunk with power that just feel like, well, I'm just going to do this because I can. Yeah. Whereas President Obama was very strategic about yeah. how he um, responded to different things. And Absolutely. so, you know, that's what allowed him to have eight years in office yeah um but at the end of the day you're right it it, it just came down to we got to do something yeah we're exactly. gonna get the last laugh somehow and it's yeah. like okay you did get the last laugh exactly and but you messed up yourself because there's still a lot of things that those people who voted for trump are struggling with so yeah we'll come it back is. to that later we yeah won't. yeah we it is absolutely i think that's beautifully wrapped up so uh hove what you got to say don't be the next contestant on that summer jam screen all right thank you tyrone biggles for that lovely intro of selling hope like dope so this is something that is just strictly mind-boggling to me so the huffington post ran an article off of a bbc interview uh from the wife of the author of charlie and the chocolate factory did y'all know that Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was supposed to be black. Now, this blew my mind. My wife told me, I've been through that. I'm like, why the fuck you didn't tell me? Right. You know, you know? Uh, but I, I'm just like, yo, this is crazy. But maybe it makes sense. Now, looking back at his grandpa and them sleeping on the on the, on the the uh, bed in the living room. You know right. what I'm saying? <laughs> but let me, let me know your thoughts about them changing it his uh who was it his agent told him to change it like yeah. it wouldn't go across fine because this was back in 71 but i'm but you have to remember when the civil rights act passed 65 and then um so maybe it was one of those things where it's just like oh we still gotta cater to these white folks and all this other bullshit thinking that it would sell more copies but mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I think I think he probably would have did some numbers if it was a little black boy. You know what I'm saying? What What do you think? Just you know, you know, first off, it makes so much sense yeah. uh, that it was supposed to be a black boy because um, that whole the, uh, the whole story was yeah. like I just I'm still in love with it to this day. Yeah. And maybe it's because I'm a little bit of a geeky music girl. All those those songs <laughs> from that movie, mm-hmm. I, I can sing it. Um, yeah. But the interesting thing about it is when you look at like the character development of that story. Yeah. Charlie mm-hmm. was was really the protagonist. He yeah. was the one who was coming out on top. And yeah. so that would have meant mm-hmm. that the only child yeah. in that story yeah. that had any sense uh-huh. that demonstrated something positive would have been a little black child. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I think I, when I, I when I noticed that, you know, I appreciated the fact that he was thinking about that. He yeah. was like, all of the white kids was bad. Yeah, exactly. That's what he said. Yeah. In, that's what that's what his wife said in the article. That's not my words. Yeah. I paraphrased it. Yeah. But that's what it was said. Exactly. And so I think it would have been um, it would have been phenomenal to see it. I think he, in his own way, he was trying to, you know, bring some humanity back into storytelling. And, and it was probably a reflection of the time that it was written, you yeah, know, in yeah, the absolutely. mid-60s, late 70s. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed. However, yeah, let's come on with this remake. Exactly. Exactly. Chucky with the chocolate trap. I <laughs> yeah, mean, whatever exactly. it needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I, and I love absolutely both versions of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. I love um, yeah. because it does it does teach you kind of some life lessons about it how does. how do you behave as a child and yeah. what is that outcome for it Absolutely. um but the music the music was dope yeah. in both of them completely yeah. different songs uh-huh. but the music was dope but um yeah we need to go ahead and do that where's little uh yeah we need to make a remake we could use the little kid from blackish the little the little twin yes we could use him and then maybe donald glover could play you know willy wonka man go ahead and get him a top hat exactly and he has that weird personality it's quirky we're gonna go with quirky we'll go quirky Quirky. yeah absolutely because he he a quirky emmy winner today you know what i'm saying so yeah and he's and he's clever enough i think he could do a lot of things off script yeah Yeah. i still remember that uh that um freestyle he did where he was telling he was talking and yeah. telling the story at the same time he said and i was like that boy yeah, on, the, on the sway in the morning yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. boy talented we need to and Very so thank goodness sharp. we still see him around and he he won a well-deserved emmy but he need to go ahead and go ahead and work on that oscar yeah and get this remake of charlie yeah, the chocolate we, factory we gotta get that pop and maybe we can get for real you yeah, know what i'm saying yeah. on the soundtrack yes yeah. A- absolutely yes absolutely uh, we just created some magic here. So if somebody, a Hollywood studio, hears that, y'all need to cut us our check. We in Omaha, Tim Christensen. Where are you at? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. You yeah, got Issa can... coming. Go yeah. ahead. and Issa can be one of the mamas. Exactly. Issa can be the mama. Yeah. The little boy from Blackish can be yeah. Charlie. Exactly. Who going to be his granddaddy? Because uh, you know it's not grandpa anymore. It's not grandpa Puckett. No, it's no, granddaddy. No, it be grand, granddaddy. It could be... Um, the brother from Friday, uh, who played the daddy, uh, that could be the grandpa. Uh, what's the brother's name? You I know, know who you're talking, you know about. talking about. He's still around. Yeah, he's still living. Okay, we might have to do that. We might have to do that. Yeah, it could be him, or we could get Lawrence Fishburne, maybe. You know, I was thinking Lawrence Fishburne, yeah, but I was Sam like, Sam Jackson, that'd be funny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know be rated Sam. R. <laughs> right. They take the kids to go see exactly. Charlie Chocolate Factory no more. 
Exactly, that'd be funny as hell. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Tim need to cut that check. Yeah, he need to collab with us. We can write the script. Yeah. Listen, we yeah. can cast all exactly. that. Let me give you the vision of yeah. what we're doing. But come on, Tim. Yeah, exactly. I know you listening. Somebody tag Tim on this. Yeah. Go ahead and drop it on his Facebook page. <laughs> exactly. Um, do rags and boat shoes. Boat yeah. shoes and do rags. I can't remember. Yeah, do rags and boat shoes. Uh, yeah. Dab on them. Yeah. Dab. Yeah. And say this came straight from Omaha. You know what I'm saying? I want a T-shirt in the movie At, in the background. Exactly. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah, but that's that's it. Selling hope like dope. Charlie was supposed to be black. This portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, Hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right, so moving on to holding this L. Uh, this is a little bit heartbreaking, pun intended. Uh, we have to give it to Kevin Hart. If you guys been sleeping up under a rock, this has been the hot topic of all social media. Even people, grandmas on Facebook is talking about it. Even some uh, your grand uncle on MySpace is talking about it. <laughs> so if you don't know, uh, now you know. Uh, Kevin Hart was basically, uh, he was out here being a whole ass thought. And uh, he came, he found the right one. And uh, she videotaped him in some uh, sexually suggestive uh, uh, positions or something. And she was trying to shake him down. And instead of uh, Kevin Hart giving up that goo-wop, uh, he went to Instagram and he apologized to his millions of followers. I don't know why he apologized to his fo- followers. He needed to take care of home. That's what you need to Immediately. do. Immediately. Yeah, exactly. So I need to know your thoughts on this situation. First of all, with him fucking up and then him fucking up the apology by putting it out there in the universe on Instagram to his fans. You see what I'm saying? You know, he. I, so. I'm gonna be honest. That yeah. apology was selfish. It was self-serving. It, it, that's that's what I felt. Absolutely yeah. self-serving because if you have the conversation, he really just need to have a conversation with his his family. Yeah, absolutely. And have that conversation be out, and mm-hmm. then let speculation go. Yeah. Um, but I think he was trying to spin it because not only did Homegirl get some pictures, but like I think TNZ or there was another website that actually had. Foot video footage of him yeah. in the front seat of the car, yeah. getting real close to the girl. But uh-huh. um, you know, yeah, it's she's and she's pregnant. So yeah, I think it was self-serving. Yeah. It was self-serving. I'm sure he was drunk with power. Mm-hmm. You know, in some way, shape, or form, he let that ego get out of get out of um, get out of control and decided he wanted everything. Um, but someone said when I was reading up on this, um, someone said the same way. Uh, the same way you got them is the same way you're going to lose them. And so that kind of yeah. goes back to um, yeah. the the allegations. Yeah, um, with that, his first wife. Yeah, yeah that um, he was cheating on her with the current wife. So, yeah. you know, I just don't understand. If you got what if you if what you have at home mm-hmm. is enough, let mm-hmm. it be enough. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, yeah. But no, he definitely should not have had that out on Instagram. Yeah. Given the apology, that yeah. served nothing but him. Yeah. It embarrassed his children, absolutely. his wife, absolutely. Um, those people who were trying to support him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he could have just handled it privately and let that girl just be scandalous. Um, yeah, and he needed to take those hits. Yeah, yeah, you know? he he needed to take the L like a man instead of coming out and 
it just seemed very, like you said, self-serving for him to apologize publicly to his wife and kids without his wife and kids in the Instagram shot, mm-hmm. you know, the video. And it just seemed like he was apologizing to me. I'm like, what you apologizing to me? I don't give a fuck. You know, right. take care of home. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's what you need to do. When you make that, you know, that vow in front of the Lord, when you go into the Lord's house and say that I'm going to love and respect this woman, you know, no matter what, you know, that's you have to take care of home you have to keep that promise mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it, and it's just i understand you got so much money and it's just being thrown at you all over but that's when you have to be really disciplined because if you're not going to do it for your kids and your family you know think about yourself and how you could be extorted like they were trying to do and it could you know potentially hurt your brand hurt that income coming in and next thing you know you know you're telling jokes on the corner you doing some bootleg dvd shit Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um but you have to that fan your family always comes first because that's that's what you have to deal with on a daily basis you know what i'm saying that keeps you grounded keeps you humble and it also gives you your strength you know what i'm saying especially for a man once you get married it's just yo this this woman has my back no matter what and then I got two little ones and a third one on the way. On the way, way yeah, right. so you out here just thinking with your dick and not with your head. You know what I'm saying? And it's one of those things where it just, Kevin just seems like a great guy, very funny. Um, you know, I saw him when he was here in the city when he was doing some stand-up. But just to do some, just some low-ball shit like this, it's like, bro, like you, like, you have to look at yourself as a role model. You know what I'm saying? And if you're going to do dirt on the side or some shit like that you gonna have to be honest with all parties involved mm-hmm. you really are like you have to sit down talk to your wife like hey i'm having these urges yada 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 and then with the side chick if there is one like you gonna have to respect the game i might cut you some bread or something you might have to be a trick okay you know what we <laughs> you was, might have to be a I trick i was not and i was like you know i don't even need to say anything he is so right until he got to that last part but he might have to be a trick you know what i'm saying he might have to but you have to just but i just feel like you have to be honest with your lady and you can't have her out here looking fucking stupid and pregnant right you know what i'm saying he needed to be honest with himself yeah he would put yeah. himself i mean and, and part of it of what he said was it was slightly refreshing even though it was still mm-hmm. a self-serving yeah. uh apology but he he was able to say that you know he put himself in some himself in some situations that mm-hmm. led to him making the decisions that he made absolutely but you know i think when you talk about you know take care of home first you got to think about you, you know especially when you're married you mm-hmm. know i i imagine myself like i remember when when i was married yeah you know um i was married <laughs> i was a wife i was not a baby mama no offense though y'all live your life do your thing everybody got a path everybody got a journey but when i was married at the end of the day you know it was about he and i and mm-hmm. when i remarry um, it will be the same thing. It is yeah. about how are we supporting each other? How are we creating a legacy and empire if we need to? Yeah. Um, not are you cookie lying. Hey, <laughs> empire. Yeah. I'm gonna stay with legacy because yeah. I got I got legacy money. I don't yeah. got empire money. But yeah. I'm you know when we're building when we're when we're when we're creating a legacy together, you always have to think about the other person. Absolutely. Um, 
And so, you know, he didn't do that. He didn't think about what he could build because mm -hmm. every time you divorce, every time there's that broken home that comes, that's a breaking income. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Absolutely. That's more money. Even though he has a lot, there's money that's coming out mm -hmm. of a future for his children, you know, an investment that he could have to support something that's bigger than him. And so I think when you think about marriage and you think about connecting with someone lifelong, hopefully you're thinking about not just this is a pretty person mm -hmm. who's got good cooking. Yeah. Uh, I guess this is a podcast who got that good. Yeah, that good. I pussy. couldn't say it. Yeah. I was you could say it. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna try and say it, but it's I was like, good. you know what? Let me be a lady. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that about you. Okay. It don't. <laughs> this might go off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know. You know, you've got to think something deeper. And so I always appreciate I I never, so my, and I know we're a little bit off topic, but let's go down this rabbit hole a little bit. Because, I'll follow you. All right, follow me there. So one of the things that I learned that I really thought about is like, what? I will never ask relationship advice as far as how to respond to a man from a woman. Because there's, you can't give me that perspective yeah. of a man. We mm -hmm. can we can empathize. We can try and be compassionate. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when you're trying to figure out what's the next move you should do, you should always talk to a man. And so because of that, the male friends that I have who are married, mm -hmm. I watch them. I watch how they operate. And so one of the things that I respect was one of my friends said he picked his wife based off of how could he build with her in the future mm -hmm. not was she easy to get along with yeah not you know was she the prettiest mm -hmm. she's beautiful don't get me wrong mm -hmm. but this is who i see myself building a business with this is mm -hmm. who i see myself raising children with she's going to be able to pour into my children the thing that i don't have and so that ability to compliment each other yep. um, and it's not always easy mm -hmm. to do and so, if you can think about that when you're just on like regular dude level, mm -hmm. how powerful is that? Yeah. But the obligation to have to do it when you're on celebrity status Man. is deep. Yeah, it is. Um, and so, you got to think about that moving forward. What's the future vision of what it is? Because I think sometimes we're just lonely and we get with people and mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, this works. Yeah. But really, it needs to be, can I build with this person? Absolutely. And so, I'm hoping Kevin is really thinking about that. Because yeah. maybe he, she was just pretty and nice and sweet to him. And it's like, okay, I'll keep you around for life. Mm -hmm. But it's like, how could you not think about, can he build with her when he yeah. went out and did that? Absolutely. That's knocking down. That's, that's taken away from what they could do. Absolutely, together. absolutely. That's just that's that's like a like a damn taking a um, what a wrecking ball to your foundation just right. Right. There, you know? Like I'm just gonna take this block off the corner of the yeah, house. Yeah. Like I just feel like we don't clear need out this that. Whole wing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't need this. Anymore. We don't need this. Yeah. Oh, what snap! I gotta fix that hole. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's gonna mm. take a lot of work. Um, I know money helps, but it's just I don't know. It's just tough to see because. I follow him on IG, and, you know, just his grind is something that I respect. He's not the best stand-up uh, comedian, but he just works so hard. He outworks a lot of people, and he uh, topped Seinfeld in the Forbes, you know, top comedians or whatever, earnings or whatever. And just to see a, a, a brother do that is amazing, but then... To see him out here just trying to sling that fruit cocktail all over, it's just like, mm. come on, man! Like, well, you're better than this. You hopefully, know? he'll think. It, hopefully, his circle. He's thinking about it. Yeah, it has, you know, 
It yeah. had to be it had to be one of his homeboys. It was like, mm-hmm. let's go down to uh, Florida. Yeah, that ain't your homeboy. Right. Ooh, yeah. look at her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when he saw you walk over there, mm-hmm. he should have been like, bruh, yeah. let's think about this. Yeah, let's roll. Let's you got a Nico at home with the baby. Uh-huh. Y'all got this life together. Absolutely. Like, come on, bro, let's go home. Yeah, bro. yeah, let's let's shake. But uh yeah, that's all we really gotta say. I mean, Kevin Hart, you gotta hold this L. Hold it, baby. You win. Perfect. All right. So moving on to not all heroes wear capes. We have to give this to Lena Waithe and Donald Glover for each respectively being the first in their categories for a comedy writing for uh, Lena Waithe and then a director of a comedy uh, series for uh, Donald Glover. Um, my question to you is big ups to them. I love it. I celebrate them. My question to you, uh, so sassy, is why are we just now seeing this? Why is this just the first? I feel like, to me, it might have been the whole emergence of reality TV during the writer's strike back in 2000. Mm. And we had that boom of just reality TV. That's how we ended up with the Kardashians and shit like that. Um, but then also, it's giving people of color a chance. But let me just hear your thoughts about it. You know, I think... When you have, I mean, we we've come upon a, upon a time where we've got um, Shonda, yeah, Shonda, Shonda Rhimes, Rhimes doing her thing. Um, she Ava, just, uh, not to cut you off, but she mm-hmm. just signed a huge deal with Netflix. She's about to start yeah. creating content for mm-hmm. Netflix. That's that's where that money's at, right? And so we have these phenomenal talents that are coming out and being shown. You know, Shonda Rhimes, I believe she was uh, part of the writers on. Princess Diaries. Oh, okay. But, you know the Disney, mm-hmm. the Disney movie, and yeah, so yeah. you know I think we've had writers and directors around for a long time, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think with the prevalence of Shonda, mm-hmm. um, and that it's allowed more people to open their mind mm-hmm. to what it is that an African American writer can mm-hmm. bring. Um, yeah. and so I think you know it's kind of the pool. As you climb, you know, mm-hmm. you keep continue to pull people with you, but also representation matters. Yeah. You know, um, Lena is fairly young. Yeah. Issa Rae, fairly young. Yeah. Um, Shonda Rhimes, also fairly young. Mm-hmm. That once they were able to see people on TV doing the things that maybe they couldn't even imagine themselves doing, mm-hmm. it, it allowed them to feel more free to to pursue that area so yeah. you know representation matters I was able to see that moment in the of the Emmys mm-hmm. I hadn't watched it I just so happened to tune in yeah. and got to see um, Lena and Donald win their awards and so it was it was a it was a good moment I didn't even realize that they were the first yeah that's crazy 2017 yeah. 2017 <laughs> and I saw I'm, I'm 30 man years old mm-hmm. and so um, <laughs> there were you know I've been watching Cosby Show, yeah, a different world. Uh-huh. You know the Jeffersons, yeah, Sanford and Sons, uh-huh. good, uh, good times, yeah. You know, so Family Matters. Like, mm-hmm. there's a list of them where there were always black actors on TV. Yeah, and I guess in my head, in my world, as a little black girl growing up watching those shows, mm-hmm. I didn't even imagine that there may have not have been writers of color yeah behind the scenes yeah. telling that story mm-hmm. you know to tell a story that was so similar to my upbringing mm-hmm. or how my friends saw things mm-hmm. or how the parents on the show handled things similar to the my parents in real yeah. life yeah i couldn't even imagine it yeah and so you know 
I think, again, it just goes back to representation. You know, we've always been there. We've always been seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're... The, we're no longer going along with the status quo. We, yeah. we have to question, mm-hmm. you know, well, where are the African American writers? Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Orange is the New Black. Yeah. I when I showed me all the writers of Orange is the New Black, mm-hmm. um, I was like, wait a minute, there's no, there's not, there's not anyone. <laughs> yeah. All these black people on screen, mm-hmm. you ain't got nobody. Yeah. You know, and so. It, I think we've got to got we've gotten to a point to where we're more vocal. Mm-hmm. The world around us is becoming more diverse. Yeah, it is. It, it is. is becoming a lot more diverse, and so now we need to we, we're needing to um, we're needing to create things that look like what we see around us. Absolutely, yeah. and I and I think that it shows if you give us a chance, you know, and people of color a chance. We create some dope shit, like dope content. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you look. At I can't the shows, believe yeah. that people didn't know that. Exactly. You know, we are a creative being. Yeah. Just take a moment and go on Black Twitter. Listen, so, so many people who need their checks cut. So many. yes, so many on BuzzFeed, yes. uh, Huffington Post. Yes. When they pull out those responses, those yeah. reactions to different yeah. stories, where's it coming from? Twitter. Yeah. So you know, yeah. we are creative people. Yeah, we're just we're just an unlimited like think tank. Like if you mm-hmm. just like I feel like uh the uh marketing departments of different companies and you know just marketing groups all they do is just comb you know black twitter that's it Mm -hmm. that's for ideas and things like that and it's just you see so much amazing content being created and you know we we really have to do a better job of just kind of trying to protect our intellectual property you know but we're so yeah. good at creating it's just like well you can have that we off that now you know what i'm saying right we something else but or creating it but then actually seeing it as something that can be yeah profitable absolutely because a lot of times you know and this goes back to artists of any color mm-hmm. we create because we just like to create yeah you know the reason why i'm going into doing a podcast is because I just needed the ability to 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 move that creative muscle again. Absolutely. You know, no Absolutely. longer, you know, I'm not singing, I'm not mm-hmm. in the choir, I'm not acting. And, you know, some I needed to create something out of nothing. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. you know, that desire to create is important. Mm-hmm. But knowing that, hey, you could actually make a position out of this. You could mm-hmm. actually make some, some money. You could mm-hmm. actually make this to be supportive of your livelihood. You know, yeah. um, here locally, um, mm-hmm. uh, Gabrielle... Um, Gaines Luaru, mm-hmm. local artist over at the Malcolm X Center. Yeah, phenomenal woman is mm-hmm. you know is was teaching and doing different things with her art and, yep. and education. And so to be able to create and see yourself as being successful with that that you create, yeah, is absolutely. important. And so to see people like Donald and Lena get in front of the camera mm-hmm. and say, "I created," yeah, and it's getting me. It's it's allowing me to live this life and continue to chase my dreams that's 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 dope yeah you know it, it, we need to amazing. see that we need to continue to see that yeah and i think with the emergence of like shows like atlanta master of none uh you have uh insecure um i, I we see in the end of uh, reality tv i really hope we do because scripted television is just so amazing it's so engaging and you see just how people react to Issa Rae will be next year. Right. She's, she's up next, definitely. You know, and I appreciate Issa because she said in the interview, they were like, who are you hoping to win? And mm-hmm. she was like, all the black people. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. see, this is why I watch your show, Issa, because yeah. you, 
you know, she gets it. Yeah, well, and there's something to being authentic too. Yeah, you know, we're not being offensive to anybody. Yeah. You win, great, but yeah. it's the same way. The same way she was watching the Emmys is the same way I watch Wheel of Fortune every yeah. week. Yeah, you know, is yeah. that a black person? Did yeah. she win? Come yeah. on, black lady. Yeah, like when you watch Family Feud, you root for yeah, the black. Yeah, you are really like it. You know, we've been struggling. Yeah. yeah, let them win the show. Yeah, let them get them twenty racks. You know, yeah. <laughs> in that new car. But uh, yeah, it's just. I just love to see just black creatives just be so dope. And what is great about what we're seeing is it's not the same thing. You don't have, you know, so many brothers out here playing crit number two. You know what I'm saying? They're they're in different spaces. You don't have sisters out here, you know, being a whole last thought or being a single uh, mama on screen. And, you know, she got like eight baby daddies and she got seven kids, you know, and it's just like. Yeah, no longer is it acceptable to just run with the stereotype. With the stereotype, right, Mm -hmm. because blackness is so complex, you know, as all people are. And I just. I just need to see more of it. I love it. I just digest all of it, and I want more of it, you know? Yeah. And, well, I think to go back to what you said, you know, the end of reality TV, it really wasn't mm-hmm. reality TV. Yeah, In this last scripted. maybe five years, yeah. you know, it was someone pretending that that's reality. And so mm-hmm. then what you now see is a lot of uh, adolescents. Yeah. Early or mm-hmm. uh, young adults mm-hmm. who are trying to create yeah. what they see in reality TV in their reality. So. Yeah. To see this reemergence of scripted TV that actually resembles real life, mm-hmm. um, to get back to you know the the a different world, yeah, um, days where you watched it, and you were like, I want to go to college. Yeah, yeah. Not only do I want to go to college, I want to go to a black college. Yeah, you know, and because it's it, it it does something to you because it does it does it, you know, it gives you that sense of pride, that sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. Um, that you actually have your voices being, you know, projected to millions of people and people can relate to that experience, to your experience because they just witnessed it on TV. You know right. what I'm saying? And it resembles something of real life. Yeah. Absolutely. Real life. Absolutely. And so I feel like the more that we get, you know, more black folks on on screen creating and behind the scenes creating, you know, more brown people behind the screens on TV, it is going to help us us regular non-whites to deal with, you know, uh, our white coworkers not wanting to touch our hair anymore, you know, <laughs> yeah. and asking us dumbass questions. You don't have questions. to touch our hair yeah. if you would just watch an episode yeah. of Issa Rae. Exactly. Um, insecure, you can see how <laughs> we do the coils. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And then just seeing more and more of that, I think um, I will feel like the majority of middle America who voted for Trump, if they witnessed more people of color and things of that sort, they wouldn't be, you know, cutting off their nose to spite their face. You know right. what I'm saying? Because so many times they they vote against their own self-interest because they think that the policies is just going to hurt people that don't look like them. Exactly. Uh-huh. You know, I think there is something big, not only to see it on screen, but to interact with it in real yeah. life. Yeah, you know absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not telling you uh, Joe Plummer to go out here and uh, hug, a, hug a Hispanic sister or something like that, but just have a conversation with somebody who doesn't look like you. You're going to have a lot more in common than you think. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, shout out to Lena Waithe. Shout out to Donald Glover. And I think that's it for Not All Heroes Wear Capes. All right. So moving on to the last segment of the show, health over wealth. You know what I say. Without your health, you can't enjoy your wealth. So this quote comes from Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock. 
And it says success and anything will always come down to this focus and effort. And we control both. Let me know your thoughts about that. What do you think about that? You know, it's, it, yes. Uh, that's kind of where we can go with yeah. yes. We're going to start with yes. <laughs> but, you know, I think focus and effort. And I, I, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it that, those are. I feel like it's, it seems it seems easy. It does. You know, I, I was sprinkling a couple more words, like yeah. you know, just start. Mm-hmm. You know, I think wherever you're going, sometimes, sometimes we just we do so much thinking, and I really yeah. this really I can't. I listen to Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, um, yeah. He's one of my favorites. So annoying, but I love him. He is know? annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but he will say some stuff like just yeah. do the shit. Yeah, like just get out there, uh-huh. start. Start. That's yeah. all you need to do. Mm-hmm. And so I absolutely agree. You got to focus. You got to put in the effort. But you also just got to start, absolutely. you know, and see where that path goes. Obviously, don't be reckless with it. But yeah. And it's like the conversation we was having off air when uh, we were talking about podcasting and you started. And I was saying that you just got to start. Right. Um, just how I cringe listening to my first mm-hmm. episode because I'm just like, man, I'm just kind of all, all, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all, all over the place. But the beautiful thing is, if you listen from episode one to ninety six, you kind of where we are right now. You'll see my growth and tone and pacing and creating segments and always trying to end it on a positive note. And there's not a lot of you know like dead air and things of that sort. And just to see that growth, you're like, oh. I'm kind of i'm doing all right yeah i'm doing all right you know i mean and everybody's got to start somewhere i think that's one of the things that i appreciate when i was like i'm gonna do a podcast Mm -hmm. and this really came out of just Mm -hmm. sitting down with you yeah co-hosting yeah the other episode yeah and i was like this i I could do this i would love this yeah and so and and you never questioned me and so there were some people i was like i'm gonna do a podcast Mm -hmm. and they were like okay yeah. So, so why? Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. I was like, I just want to. Yeah. Exactly. It feels right, you yeah, know. And yeah. so, even now in this whole process, you know, I'm using Stable Grade. They're mm-hmm. helping me out. Um, shout out to them. Yeah. Shout uh, out to them. Stable Grade doing great things, helping me kind of develop my brand. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Casanova Brooks um, for. He's another person who has a great voice in regards to just finding the big picture and just keep going, keep yeah, moving. Absolutely. Um, sometimes you don't know where you're going, but you know what you want to do, you mm-hmm. want what you want to accomplish. And so being comfortable just going there yep. when there's no clear path. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, shout out to everybody that's just really been super as positive as they can, yeah. even though they're like, I have no clue you when know, you're going to have a podcast. You know, I, I, I'm excited. Uh, to hear your podcast, to tell you the truth, uh, I respect your opinions. Uh, you know, we had the we had the discussion about me and my tranny jokes. Uh, oh you know, yes, that y'all we had a healthy discussion. That was, was a healthy. Yeah, it was. Yes. It, there was no name calling, nothing mm-hmm. like that. You know, I, I I very well. I'm a listener, and I I respect your opi- opinions, and I just can't wait to hear what you have to say about numerous topics, even if you just ride an episode by yourself. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I, I'm excited to hear. I'm excited to have it. And, you know, definitely we'll have you on as a guest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's yeah, so many here. people locally that I'm, I'm excited to, to hopefully host them yeah. and let them just have that opportunity to share their voice because we definitely need to have a voice be heard. Um, 
absolutely. No matter where you represent, rich, mm-hmm. poor, you know, single mom, yeah. you could be the the matriarch of a family. You have a voice, and yeah. and there's a place for it. And so I think you told me that when mm-hmm. I was like, let's podcast, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. When can I come over and be on your podcast? Because yeah. and you were like, all right, cool. Yeah, you know. And so to have that support and and to be able to to offer my voice out there as someone who. Who has something to say? Who has an opinion that matters? Absolutely. Um, I'm excited to do so. Yeah, thank you, thank you for the support. Yeah, and, um, Hopefully, hopefully I can finally get to a position where I'm on episode 96. Yeah, and I can you pass it be. on and, yeah. and tell somebody like, hey, you can ju- just start. Just, yeah, just keep going. You know, I support you. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what it's all about, and uh, we just need more of us telling our stories from different perspectives. You know, so because right now this is the new media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say this all the time um, because with podcasts, the beautiful thing about podcasts is like if I'm doing housework or something, I'll turn on the Bluetooth speaker and I'll just have a podcast going. You know, you can do so many other things because right now we live in that uh, that culture of just multitasking. You know, there's so many times where you will have like different tabs open like your work email facebook your twitter and then you read an article on huffington post or black huff post voices or something like Mm -hmm. that and uh you know it really you can relay your point of view on uh different topics that surrounding the world and you can you're controlling the narrative that is the most important thing that you control the narrative about your people yourself and your perspective and so um i'm just excited i'm i'm ready for october so i can hear that first episode yeah and, uh, absolutely so you thank some, you some great feedback and tools and i might try to steal something from you so <laughs> so we doing that now no, no we ain't doing that but um yeah, give the people your website again that you, for your blog post. Yeah, hold on one moment. Okay, yes. and like I said, I'll have it in the show notes so you guys can go ahead and check it out, read, learn some shit. Appreciate that. So, uh, blog is burntoutbabewithablog.wordpress.com. It'll be in the description. Um, you can also find me at Be Sassy Podcast and Blog on Facebook. Um, also on Instagram, I am... Uh, b.sassy.blogpodcast um, so it's all coming together it's all being built um, there are supporters behind the scene that will be able to get their voice out but you know hopefully come support me follow I love followers um, any ideas any topics that you're feeling like hey you know I'm not ready for a podcast but let me get that voice let me, could, you, could you get this out there you know I'll gladly do that um, but yeah, check us out. Absolutely. And if you want to promote on her show, just contact her on, uh, you know, send her a DM on Instagram. And I know she'll just blow up and, you know, put the city on the map. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Durags Boat Shoes. And then you can maybe follow my personal account, Hope Like Dope. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Omaha Hostage. And uh, yeah, make sure you like the Facebook page. Uh, I know the Facebook is the feds, but like the Facebook page, Do Rags and Boat Shoes. And uh, make sure you listen to Bumpers. I broke down what a hobosexual is. And uh, I will probably do another Bumpers this weekend. So much love and respect to everybody out there. And special thanks for So Sassy for riding shotgun with me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, one. I love y'all.
Whoa! 